praise the Lord. While you're standing, one verse of scripture this morning. We're not in our book this morning, so um, we will be in the book later. Our, our, but uh, it's flip-flop today. The, uh, actually, the lesson that they had for us was really good for an all-nation Sunday service. So um, we're in this book for Sunday school today. So, <laughs> so uh, Proverbs 22 and 6, one verse of scripture. Uh, very familiar, and no, we're not having a baby dedication today. Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I want to preach for, to us just a little bit and maybe stir us toward this thought. Be your best for the kingdom. Be your best for the kingdom. Let's pray for the lesson. Lord, we love you this morning and praise you. Thankful for your word and for your presence today. Lord, give us wisdom and understanding. Fill my mouth with words for your people. Lord, let us receive it in the good ground today. Because we do want to be our best, Lord. The best for the kingdom. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give him one more hand clap of praise before you're seated. What a great God and what a great word this morning. This scripture, actually, I was kind of running through this lesson yesterday and I did not have a starting scripture. I just... I knew the thought that I felt like God was bringing to my mind about being the best. And um, it's funny where you'll come up with things that, or how, and it's funny sometimes to me how God will interject a thought and a, a process and, and kind of give me a revelation about things sometimes just to keep me in my daily walk. And I. Went out in the garage the other day and looked over in the corner, and there sat my golf bag covered in dust because I don't play golf except maybe about once a year, if I even play that anymore. Uh, never have just played it, as people say, religiously. Never been just uh, where I was going all the time. and But kind of having that natural athlete stuff I was always decent at it but golf is something that I have learned that if you do not uh, play it consistently you will be embarrassed when you play with your friends who do play consistently and it's humiliating and frustrating and though they love you they they don't hide their frustration very well when you're taking 27 strokes on a hole and they're waiting for you to find your ball in the rough or across the road or in the water. And, but I went out in the yard. I thought, you know, I feel like just teeing up a few balls and just going to hit them across the field. And, and, man, I tell you, one of those hits, it was just as straight across my yard, across the field, over the tops of the trees on the neighbor's property. Just whoosh, and I was like, but do you know how often I do that? It ain't every time I tee it up. The first two, one went about five feet. The other one went about 20 feet. And then I hit one that I thought, wow. And I thought, you know, if I can do that just 
you know, one out of three times. What, man, how good could I be if I just really practiced at this every day? Because, man, that was a good shot. When you know, if you, if you don't play golf, you won't even know what I'm talking about. But when you hit one right, you know, I mean, it's as soon as you feel the club strike that ball, it's just like you don't even have to look at it. You know, it's gone. You know, and it seemed like the Lord has impressed on me. You know, you get in a groove sometimes with me, and some you get some insights, revelation, and then it seems like things kind of slow down. But how good could you be for the kingdom if you would be consistent in what you've learned to do? If you didn't get feeling real good sometimes, then think, man, I'm doing so good, I, I really don't need to pray today, or maybe I don't need to study as intensely today, or, you know, I, man, I tell you, everything's going my way, and uh, I'm just, uh, look at me, I'm doing good, and, and not really putting any effort into serving me today. You ever been like that? Be truthful. Sometimes things are going good. And, you know, it seems like, isn't it weird that it seems like when things are going the best, it's when we pull back. It's like, you know, hey, I'm on the hill coasting. I don't have to put any effort to it. And uh, I'm on the easy slope right now, and things are going fine. But I realized that, and I kind of touched on this some on Wednesday night about things starting in here and practice makes perfect, things like that. But uh, that how good could we be what kind of revival are we going to see what kind of personal revival and and increase in our walk with him are we going to see if we start doing the things that we know we should do all the time not going through seasons of serving God we have seasons while we serve God but there should not be seasons of serving God and so this morning I thought, yeah, but I don't know really how to start with a scripture there, Lord. And, and uh, while I was down praying this morning, right here in the sanctuary, I was right here. And it just, the Lord brought this scripture, Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I thought, you know, well, we're not dedicating babies today. And isn't that the problem? That we have put this scripture for one part of our life. That it's only for uh, people who are raising babies or dedicating children. And I thought, we need to make sure that we are continuing our training. Train up a child. Teach him. Show him. Help him to understand it in the way he should go. There's only one way to go. And that's with the Lord, that's the way he should go. But don't ever take this out of context and, and read it as the saying that, because you'll be very disappointed and frustrated if you think, well, if I teach my child about Jesus when he's young, he will never be lost. Because there's a jar full of names down here with people who know about God. He, there's a thing here, there's training up and there's the way. Some people believe that because they know the way, they don't need any more training. They are holding on to the way, but they're not living the way. They're not uh, contributing to the way. They're not being 
taught in the way they have realized this is what it takes to be saved and this is where I'm planting my flag and I am not moving, I am not doing anything else. And if you do that, then uh, you will not uh, be in the latter part of this scripture that says when he is old, he will not depart from it. The word depart means literally to turn off. And what I'm saying is this, is that a child should be trained. But you won't always be a child. And so does that mean that uh, when you get older, you have nothing? Is everything that this child needs to know to go to heaven going to be taught while we have them in our household or while they're just a baby, an infant? No, because we won't have them forever. And unless the Lord comes back while they're a child, they're going to have some years to live and some things to learn and some things to do. And so what I'm telling you is that as we are older, this scripture that comes to mind that we need to work out our salvation with fear and with trembling. And that when I'm older, I'm, I don't want to forget what I was taught as a child, but I must continue my training if I don't want to turn it off. If I don't want to turn off, because I know the way, but knowing the way and living the way, is, that's two different things. That's two different stories. And, and you can know what you ought to do and not do it. And Jesus, you know, just, just you know, we know that children can have faith if you have faith as a child, Jesus said. And so we know that children have a special place with the Lord and he loves them and we, we want to be like, except we are converted and become like this little child. We understand that, but I also know that there's a progression and we live and we grow. And Jesus, you know, he taught and taught adults uh, to live their life, things that they should have learned when they were kids. But he said, as adults, here's things for you to do. Matthew 6, he talked about when you pray, when you give, when you fast. He was talking to grown-up people, the church, people that would believe in him. And he said, and if you do that, you shall be rewarded. There is a blessing in doing these things. You will be the best that you can be for the kingdom when you would do the things that Jesus has taught you already. Because you may come into this thing in your mid-20s or your mid-30s or even later in life, and you're just a child in the Lord. And so you're going to learn some things right off the bat, but you need to continue learning, continue training. And so if you learn as a child, you continue as an adult. I learned a lot of things as a kid in the natural that I continue now. It, uh, it's, a, it's beneficiary to me and, or beneficial to me and, uh, you know, as, as being kind to people, saying yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and thank you, and things like that. Things that a lot of kids uh, don't get taught today, especially the uh, way I see some in schools and different places, look like nobody teaches them anything at home. It's the way it is. You see a lot, of, I've seen kids out in public talk to their parents in such a way, and I thought, whoo, I wouldn't even be alive to have seen this if I had done that. There's things, uh, if I want to live my best life, I learned that you don't, you, that don't happen. You don't do that. And, he, and I learned it that I didn't do it then, and I wouldn't do that now. I would never talk to my mom or my dad in a disrespectful tone uh, because it's just best for me. Uh, you know, so uh, to be the best, or at least to be your best, you never stop your training. There is only one way for us, and that's living this life for him. But, but knowing the way and not training in it will not benefit us. You can know of what it takes to go, but if you don't walk in that and live in that and serve in that, you're not going, it's not going to benefit you. 
to just know that there's a God, to just believe in one God. The scripture says if you believe in him, you do well, but the devils also believe and tremble. I want to do more than just say I believe in him, but I want to live for him and live in his ways because the reward comes through the things you do. You will reap what you sow, and if you reap sparingly or sow sparingly, then you reap sparingly. Uh, Every action is going to have a reaction, and I want to make sure that I am not uh, sitting idle. I want some action going on in my walk with him. I want to be my best for the kingdom. And so we get a lot of people that get born again, and they, uh, and people will, you know, they, they serve God seasonally. You know, the thing about seasons, you know, I, th- I, th- I know I use sports a lot of times, but sports have a season. But you know what people do that play professional sports? They train in the off season. In other words, they're really never off. They may not be playing uh, the game for the title, but they are getting ready to play the game for the title. And so I feel like I am always, every day, uh, walking with him, a daily walk with him, daily taking up my cross. I need to make sure that I am being my best for the kingdom of God. And not just hitting a good shot every once in a while. I don't want to be hit and miss with God. I want to be consistent with God. I want to be playing consistently for him. I want to be serving him the best that I can. And if I will do that, if I give him my best, you better believe God's going to give you his best. Because when I gave him my worst, look what he did. But if I will now, as after I've been converted and now that I've consecrated my life, if I will live for him and serve him and, and walk in his ways and, and seek him daily and, and ask for the things that I need, don't you know that God will give what we need? The Lord, he said, I never change. I am the same. The power to benefit from training is not just for little children, but it is for us now because God hasn't changed. He's still blessing us even as adults. If we were learning as kids, we're still learning as adults. If he was showing us favor as children, he will show us favor as adults. And and we can be the best, the greatest, the most successful for ourselves, for our homes, for our families, but most importantly for the kingdom of God. But if we... Treat God as recreational. He's, man, you know, because here's the way I look at golf. I enjoy when I go. I'm horrible at it. I'm, I am, really. As, much, as many years as I have played golf, I still never shoot under 100. And if some of you play golf, you know well. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like 120, 130 in that range sometimes. You know what I found out that sometimes I, I got I would get in these little spells where I would play two or three weeks in a row, or we went on a golf trip one time. We played like four days in a row. At the end of four days, I was shooting in the nineties because in a, I was in a groove. I, I, I knew what I was supposed to be doing. I had got consistent. I had remembered each shot, every shot, what I did that time, and and it was just in there. It was that muscle memory. Everything was working, and so I, it was like a little short stint of training, and now all of a sudden I'm I'm playing decent, and nobody's having to wait on me to go find my ball off in the woods somewhere because now I'm hitting them down the middle and, and putting them on the green. I'm sinking that long putt. It's just like you, you start. It's just there. And if we would serve God like that... See, I enjoy golf, and it doesn't really bother me so much when I shoot bad because I know I'm not good. 
I don't go tell anybody, oh, y'all don't even want to play with me. Y'all don't know how I, I, I don't go tell, bragging about nothing because I'm fixing to be found out alive. I do. Uh, so I, I know how it's going to be when I go. And there's a lot of times I just pick my ball up and I say, let's just keep playing because I don't want to hold the guys that are crushing it and killing it back. I said, no, I'll just, I'll take the triple bogey. Let's just go. Uh, and so, but I enjoy the fellowship with them. So golf is recreational. My clubs collect dust. They sit in there idle for a year at a time. And when I pull them out, it takes a while to get back into the swing of things. I don't want my walk with God like that. I don't want to treat him as recreational. I don't want my Bible gathering dust. I don't want my prayer life gathering dust. I don't want my fasting life and my giving to collect dust. I, I, I don't want my studying to to. to find another place and me just pick it up every once in a while and it takes me so long to get back into it. But if I would just stay consistent, how much better would my life with God be? How much better could I be if I would just do what I know I am supposed to do? Oh, when we come to God, we're so on, on fire as children. We're like, wow, I could pr- just pray mountains into the ocean and I could lay hands on anybody. I could raise the dead and do all these things. And you're, because you're just, man, you're in every service, you're at every revival, you're at every uh, thing, you're working at the church, you're doing whatever you can, you're just there trying to be the best that you can be. And we see such quick growth in those new converts because their faith is high and everything, but then they plan out. And we have to realize that sure things are going to change, but we need to stay consistent. You know, I, I, I realize that I'm not the same as I was. Apostle Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. You know, there's a, basically now I'm older, I put away some childish things. And, and there's things that I know that I don't do now that was all right for me when I was just a child in the Lord. When I was that young convert, it was all right. Because that was, I was a little lamb. Didn't know how to act. You ever seen little lambs out in the field just bouncing around and jumping around, running around crazy, and the older lambs looking at them like, that'll stop when you get older. There's nothing wrong with it. He's a little lamb. That's the way he is. He's, he, he, sometimes the older ones, they t- you can tell they're just tolerating him. I'd love to kick him when he comes by, but I'm just going to let him. You know, you see little goats, anything like that, just jumping around, going crazy. They're kids. There's things that you do as a, as a newborn saint that, that you know, you're, you're growing, you're learning, and, and, and that's fine because a child can be perfect at the stage it's in, but there's got to be some progression. When we grow up in God, or do we grow up in God? Oh, we don't want to waste our time and just and be, well, I've been serving God 50 years, and I'm still a child. I don't want that. I want to be mature in the Lord. I want to be where I'm supposed to be. David, uh, the psalmist said in Psalms 37 and 25, uh, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. In other words, he said, there's some things I saw when I was a child, when I was young, but I am still seeing something here now that I am old. He has stuck with what he learned as a child. When he was just a boy keeping the, the flock and God would protect him and, and deliver the, the bear and the lion into his hand. And he was still just a, a young man whenever he saw God deliver Goliath into his hand. And he said, I saw some things while I was young and, and when I was a child and God was training me and teaching me. But now that I'm old... 
Now that I'm in a different place, I still have this. I've never seen the righteous forsaken and never seen his seed begging bread. I'm still seeing the goodness of God. In other words, I haven't stopped. I haven't turned off my training. I'm still trusting God. And because of that, I still see God come through time and time again. I'm not going to stop my training. David was still learning about mercy and still learning about grace and still learning about God's goodness even in his older years. And the reason he could say, I see things that God does while I'm older is because he stuck with it. David was a man after God's own heart. He was being the best he could be for the kingdom. He learned how to pray and repent in his walk with God. He, he had, but you know how, how you learn how to repent? You make mistakes. And we say, oh, I don't want to make no mistakes, but you got to learn how to repent. you got to learn how to ask forgiveness and not try to hide things. And so David had to learn a hard lesson uh, in the situation that he had with uh, Bathsheba and her husband. But, uh, but he repented, and God forgave him, and God blessed him, and he was still king. And so David said, I have learned some things as a child that I'm now still seeing happen when I'm old, and it's because I have not stopped. My tra- I want to be the best for the kingdom that God has put me over. But if you stop uh, training, you will stop or stop seeing results. That's in any natural thing, anything. You can be talented, have some natural ability, and even be good at a sport. But you take two or three years off and then try to jump back in, uh, you have lost some ground. And you will lose. You may make uh, an exceptional play here or there, but you will not be at the level that you could be because you stopped your training. And one of the quickest places that you'll see it, any guys that uh, or girls, either one, I guess, but uh, I remember working out, and you've heard me say this before, we used to work out uh, two times a day. I'd go in at 5.30 in the morning in the gym, working out, go to work, get off work, stop in the gym, work out, and, and man, just... You just start seeing growth, muscles everywhere. And you're just like, that's what I'm talking about. Take two two weeks off. It's like somebody stuck a pin in a balloon. Where'd that go? Uh, You go back in there and start trying to leave. Like, wow, this wasn't that hard two weeks ago because you stopped. And then take about 10 years off and try to go back. See what happens. I did that. Uh, Got a, a... a membership at a gym and me and brother John Fortin we went to the gym one day and I, was, I just like well I used to work out all the time I'm just going to jump back in here and I jumped back in there just when we was working just oh, 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 you know just and all of a sudden I got ready to go get on another uh, machine and everything started going the room was in black and white and I, I had this feeling and he evidently I looked like I was dying because he said man you okay and I said, I don't think I'm going to do my next set. And uh, he said, man, don't pass out. And I said, I'm about to. I said, just, shh, just be quiet for a minute. And I said, and I'm telling you, I, was, I didn't. But, I mean, it got to where it was like a pinhole. It was like that. And I was like, I am fixing to fall out because uh, I have been away from this far too long to have done what I just did. And I got better, got, got home. What I'm saying is that, yeah, you take that time off. Uh, you can't just jump back in there again. Your body's not ready for that. Your body's like, you're an idiot, and I will stop you right here. You're not going to hurt me anymore. Pass out. And that's it. 
I don't want to get to a place where it's that hard for me to get back into the presence of God. I don't want to get to a place where I've spent so much time away from the Lord that I, I feel awkward lifting my hands or, or lifting my voice. Or, or if I used to dance and shout, I don't, want to, I don't want to have all of a sudden just turned into a statue because I just can't let myself go anymore or, or can't worship God. I, I want to keep training. I want to keep learning. I want to keep getting close to God. I want to be what God, I want to be the best that I can be for God. And hey, maybe it is fanatical, and maybe uh, you know, maybe that's why they used to call people names and call them the holy rollers and fanatics and and all kind of things like that because that's all they did. They didn't mind going to church. And I'm not saying we're fixing to have an eight week, seven day a week revival, but I'm saying they used to have revivals that would go seven days a week and run five, six, seven weeks at a time, and people could testify and say, "I was at every single service." I went to 35 services in a row. And don't you know they was the best that they had been in a long time? You go to 35 straight nights of revival, man, you ready to go to heaven or you better be. <laughs> Woo! But they, they loved it. And then you say, man, I, I love hearing them old timers talk about the miracles that they saw. Wonder why? Because they were at the best. They were at the top of their game. They were at their peak because nothing else got in the way of them serving God. We have so many distractions today. There's so many things that we can be involved with. And sometimes it can even sneak in under the banner of being a program or something beneficial for the church. That we get so busy with that that we have, uh, we're, we're working on it, but we're not praying. We're working on it, but we're not fasting. And we're working on it, but we're not studying. And we think, well, we put it all together. Let's all get together. And we just have a meeting, but nothing really happens. But if people just say, you know what? Why don't we just talk about Jesus? And why don't we just preach Jesus and the Holy Ghost? And let's pray miracles. And let's just fast and pray and see what God will do. Why don't we just really say, let's be the best that we can be. For the kingdom of God. And let's not let these things, you know, I'm telling you because I know how it was raising kids. Man, we made, they were at church. We was at church, they was at church. We, they was at prayer meeting with us. They was everywhere we went. They was at every revival, every conference, everything. They, we took them with us. We prayed with them. We talked to them about scripture. We told them about the things we believe and we trained them up in that. But I know as well as you do that it comes an age, they get to an age where now they are going to have to make their own mind up about what they do. And so you, uh, I can't just, you know, a lot of people are upset with, with the Lord because they don't understand that scripture. I trained them up, but they still walked away. It never said they wouldn't. But now they've got something. They, they stopped it. They turned it off because you can't force them to serve God and God will not force them to serve him it will always be a choice it's the way they should go but when they turn it off or go in a different direction now they're going the way they shouldn't go but there's still something there that gives them hope that uh, there is hope that our children will return again and it's even in their old age that they'll remember their training so that's what I have to do when I go back out on the golf course I get with guys that play all the time I'm like, I don't want to look like a complete fool here. And so I have to remember. I have to start thinking about, okay, I remember this grip, this stance, this. And guess what? Sometimes it actually pulls off on the first shot. And I'm like, all right, it's going to be good. Because it's rough when they say, you go ahead, Pastor. You hit first. Oh. And it goes about from here to the sound booth. And I'm like, 
Mm, Got to get the rust off. You know, you're making all these excuses. Shoulder bothered me a little bit, you know. You know it was something. It was something wrong. Uh, I, you know, getting used to these new clubs, whatever. The fact of the matter is, is I, I play like that because I'm not dedicated to it. Because I don't train, because I don't practice, because it don't, while I do enjoy it, it just doesn't mean that much to me. But this means everything to me. This life means everything. This church, this church means everything to me. And, and uh, how can I pastor a people if I'm not going to be the best that I can be for the kingdom? How, how can that be pleasing to God if, if me as pastor, as watchman on the wall, if I'm not my best? How, how can I help people if I'm not at my best? You know, anything you do. Uh, you ever try to lose weight? For about a week, man, drinking nothing but water. You done cut out sodas and sugars, no fast food. You know, people start doing real good on that 40-day thing that we do every year. But you know, all of a sudden, man, you're like, all right, I'm walking. I'm getting up and I'm walking. You, and really, for about a week or two, maybe, you're just like, I'm in here. I'm in it. This is it. I'm going to do it. And you, you're like, wow, you, you, man, the numbers on the scale are going in the right direction. You're like, yep. But, you know, you've got to stick with that. Because if you say, wow, because this is what I do. Man, I've lost five pounds. I'm having that donut. <laughs> which leads to another. And then another. Because I can't just eat one. So I better not eat none. And then I, I'm like disappointed that all of a sudden I'm headed back in the wrong direction. You know why? Because you did not commit to it. You didn't. See, you saw what was working. You know what was working, but you won't stay with it. And, it, uh, and so don't be mad at the scale and don't be mad at Krispy Kreme. you the one picking them up and you the one eating them. It's, it's, you know, it's, I know. It ain't little Debbie's fault. <laughs> Listen, when you, when you do anything like that just in spurts, it, it will just leave you discouraged. Because you, it's high and low and high and low, and you, you just want to keep going on high. You want to keep going in the right direction. It's like that in the natural. It's like that in the spiritual. You will be discouraged and disappointed if you just live for God in spurts. Well, I, I, man, uh, you know, I, I ain't missed a service in a month and then missed two months. You know, it, it, you just you're going back with one step forward, two steps back. You've, you've got to live consistently for God. You got to keep training. It's amazing how much better we do, how much better we feel when we keep up our training physically, naturally, anything you're doing. Uh, I always felt better about myself when I played ball and different things if I was playing at the top of my game because I did not want to let my team down. Well, I don't want to let my God down, and I don't want to let my church down. I don't want to let my family down, so I, I need to make sure that I am doing what I should be doing to live for God. We... Uh, uh, if, we, if you can eat healthy for a week, why not make it a lifestyle? If you can work out and walk for a week, why not make that a lifestyle? Why not just change that? And if you can pray and fast and give and go to church for a week, why not make it a lifestyle? And when we take on these things, either the natural or the spiritual, when you take on one of these lifestyle changes... The results you get will depend on you. Because God wants you to have it. 
But he's not going to force it on you. It's just like you've heard me say, he's the giver of light. and uh, He's the giver and he's the gatherer. I mean, we're the gatherer. He gives. He gave Israel. He said, I'll, I'll have the manna. It'll be out there waiting on you. But I'm not going to serve it up to I'm not going to put a dish in your tent and make it rain in your tent. I'm just, you're going to get up, wake up, and get out of your tent and do something to reap the benefits that I have laid out there for you. God is given so many opportunities, but we're not taking advantage of the opportunities. So what we see depends on our dedication to the training. It's not enough to simply know the way to better or best. We must continue in it, not turn it off after we have started. And that's what we see so many people do. They turn off that training. They, they nope, I'm not doing that anymore. But uh, the scripture in the book of James, I think of a lot, James 4 and 8. He said, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. I know that he loved us first, and that's enough. We love him because he first loved us, but if your relationship is going to be closer, it'll depend on you because he's already done his part. He already gave his life, shed his blood, and filled you with the Holy Ghost. God's already done his part, so I love him because he first loved me, but if I want to get uh, closer to God, then it's going to be my move. It's my move. So let me say, you're as close to God as you want to be. Just like you are as fit as you want to be or as healthy as you want to be or, uh, or living a healthy lifestyle is, is dedicated as you want to be. It's all up to you. You can know what you need to do, what you need to eat, and not do it. And you will not reap the benefits. Just knowing, oh, if I eat that, I'll feel so much better. But I don't. So I don't feel better. Having apples in your house. That's good food. It's healthy food. But if you let them sit in the bowl till they turn brown, you aren't reaping any benefits from that healthy food. It's like the, the cookie bag's empty and the fruit bowl's full. And I can't figure out. I just bought all these apples, but you didn't eat none. I just bought all this healthy food, but you didn't eat it. It spoiled. You know, the gallon of milk's full, two-liter drink, half empty. And we're not seeing the benefits. I don't want to be like that, serving God. I, I, I draw nigh to him, and he will draw nigh to you. And then he said, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Get, you know, start, get that stuff out and purify your heart, you double-minded. The Bible says I'm supposed to love him with all my heart. He said, purify your heart. Make sure your heart has one purpose, and that's to serve God. Psalm 57 and 7 said, my heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. Get your heart in a place and stop uh, living for God one day and not the next, or living for God for a week and then being off two weeks. Or you know, Be consistent and live for God, and you're going to see the benefits in every area. When you live for God, every part of your life is going to be better. You will be the absolute best you can be. I said this the other night. When you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are the best version of you that you will ever be. I don't care what you could do pre-Jesus. You will never be your best you until you get with Jesus. That's a fact. You could be, you could be smart, rich, talented, uh, good-looking, all kinds of things. But let me tell you, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have nothing. Jesus said, for without me, you can do nothing. 
And so he knows that if you're going to be the best you that you will ever be, and especially if you're going to be the best for the kingdom, because kingdom work is spiritual work. It takes some physical labor, absolutely, but it is spiritual work. And we can't, you just don't hop in and all of a sudden, oh, I'm spiritual. You've got to spend some time in spiritual things to be spiritual. And so if we're going to be the best that we can be for the kingdom, we've got to get our heart purified. We just, I have one purpose, and that's to serve God. I want to serve him. We love with our heart. Out of the heart of man proceeds all these thoughts and things. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So purify your heart. Get your heart. We always say, get your heart right with God. That means purify your heart. Fix it so it's only wanting to serve him. Because as a child... You're going to grow. But a child does not only grow physically. He grows mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And so we must continue training in the way that we know. We know that Jesus is the way. I must continue training in the things that he wants me to do in God's way, in his word. And, uh, you know, like one man said, I esteem the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. My, my heart panteth after you like the deer pants for the brook. And, you know, it's like I, I'm, I'm after God. I'm chasing God. I'm trying to be the best that I can be. Even with Jesus, Luke 2, 52 says that he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. I want to be like Jesus. I want to increase in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And uh, Peter said, 2 Peter 3 and 18, but grow. He's writing this to the church people, to the saints sitting in the church. Hey, church, you need to grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. If I'm growing, I'm progressing. If I'm growing, I am getting stronger. I'm getting better. I'm learning. If I'm, if, if I'm growing, then I am maturing. And, and so he said, you need to grow. You need to, to, to get stronger, get better. You need to get mature. You, and you need to do this in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You can't just... Meet him one time at the altar and forget about him. You've got to learn about him. Connect with him. Have a relationship with him. Talk with him. uh, Pray to him. Listen to him. Read what he says. Love him. Serve him. I don't want to miss what God's trying to do in my life. And I want to be the best that I can be for the kingdom of God. Paul said this to Timothy when he wrote to him in 2 Timothy 1, 5 and 6. He said, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it's in you also. Wherefore, uh, I put thee in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. And so it was passed down. There was some training that went on in Timothy's life. And then there was something uh, given from God. He said, the gift of God. You've got it. Stir it up. Stir it up. Make sure that you are using it. Don't let it get stale. Don't let it get stagnant. Don't let it just sit there. Uh, you, you can't let it just start. You know, it's, it's like I love a good bowl of grits. 
but I don't like them chunky. And so when you put that hot water in, I want them to stir them. If you let them sit a while, they start getting like jelly. Uh-uh. No. I keep the whole time I'm eating, I'm stirring because I do not want a grit clump uh, that will ruin my breakfast. I don't want my gift to get clumped up and, 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 and not good, not usable. I don't, I don't want it to get stagnant. I don't want it to get dead. I, I don't want it to be turned off. I want to stir up the gift that's in me. What a shame to waste the gift of God for it to sit idle, unused in an earthen vessel. To know that we've got it, but then never use it. To know that we've got the Holy Ghost and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and your children and all who are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call to have this promise and this gift and never activate it. And you'll never reap the benefits of the Holy Ghost if you turn it off in your life. It's just like electricity. You can have it run to your house, but if every switch in the house is off... You're not reaping the benefits of it. It's like having air conditioning. You might have it, but a lot of people don't want to turn it on because it costs. You know why some people don't want to activate the power of the Holy Ghost in their life? Because it costs. You're going to have to pay the price a little bit. You're going to have to uh, spend some time fasting and praying. You're going to have to deny your flesh because the spirit and the flesh war against each other. And if you're going to be spiritual, your flesh is going to get uncomfortable. And that's the way it is. Sometimes. Hey, I want you to cut the air on. Oh, no, I don't want to run the bill up. Hey, how come you ain't praying more? Because if I get spiritual, I'm going to have to see spiritual things. I'm going to have to do spiritual stuff. I just want to go to heaven. And that's what the Holy Ghost does. It takes me to heaven. You know what? It, you, if you turn it off, it don't. I don't want to turn it off. I want to be the, be the best that I can be for the kingdom. It's time for us to do that, uh, to do what we're supposed to do. Uh, I've got to jump down. I know I'm running out of time. Honey, if you'll come on to the music. In uh, Matthew 25, uh, Jesus was talking in, in a parable, and we know this, the, the parable of the talents and how that the, the master, he went away and he uh, leaves his servants with... Uh, Five talents to one, uh, two to the next one, and, and one to the last guy. And he's like, I'm going away. I'll be back. There's something that the, the guy with one talent says when the Lord speaks to him. He says, here you go. Here's what you gave me. He said, because I knew you. I know what kind of man you are. And so the, that Lord said, well, I'm going to judge you out of your own mouth. If you knew me like you said you do, then you should have took this and put it in the bank and I could have got it with the interest back on it. But instead you buried it. Now these other two guys work there too, so they know him too. But you know what they were doing? They was getting busy. They was working. They was investing. They was making sure that when he got back, hey, here's the five you gave me and five more. Here's the two you gave me and two more. And you know what he said to them? Well done. Because these are things they had learned. And they knew that just because he's not here doesn't mean I get to quit doing what I have learned about him. And so this principle uh, was there. All three of them knew what kind of man he was. But two of them did something about it while one absolutely did not. Jesus said in John 15, abide in me and I in you. If you want to bear much fruit, then abide in me. That means stay. Stay in me. Stay in me. 
Stay with it. Verse John 2 and 24 says, Let that therefore abide in you, or let it stay in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. You don't turn off your training so that you can be the best for the kingdom of God. Let's stand together this morning. I'm thankful that God thought enough of me to call me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I am so thankful today that Jesus would even consider such a wretched soul as I was, but still give me an opportunity. And let me tell you, I'm not going to waste my opportunity with God. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be the best. I, I, I'm going to get, make sure that I am stepping up my training. I'm going to get back to things that I know I need to do, and I'm going to make sure that I am applying myself because I have got to be the best. I can be for the kingdom. Let's lift our hands together this morning. Lord, we love and praise you this morning. And we thank you for your kindness and your goodness to us, God. Oh, that you would even consider us to call us out of darkness into your marvelous light, to wash us in your blood and to fill us with your spirit. Lord, to get us ready. Lord, that you would go away to prepare a place because you are expecting us to be there with you. So, Lord, today, let it just find a place in our heart that we will keep up with our training. We're going to be the best we can be for the kingdom of God. We're not going to sit back and watch it go by, but Lord, we're going to turn on. We're going to activate the gift that's in us and we're going to serve you and we're going to have revival and we're going to see souls won and miracles are going to happen because we're not going to just lay around. We're not going to bury it. We're not going to hide this treasure, but Lord, we're going to serve you. We're going to be the best we can be for you, Lord. Thank you for all that you do in Jesus name give the Lord a hand clap of praise hallelujah what a great God what a great God today so you don't have to look at that scripture anymore as just being for the child cause the training has got to continue all the way till he gets back so whenever you read that don't think oh baby dedication no it's for adult dedication how dedicated are we today God bless you. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. God's going to do great things in Jesus' name. Amen.